I actually think that, you know, the silver lining of the whole coronavirus, COVID-19, whatever you want to call it, um, is that it's pulling the world forward by about five or 10 years. And, you know, we were in this, we were still kind of fighting to get out of the era of, you know, aggressive, pushy snake oil salesman type folks. Like that was previous generations. And the modern generation is more consultative. They come and they want to teach you something. And they want to stay top of mind and they want to deliver value, deliver value, de deliver value, and then be able to make their ask. So I think that more and more organizations, like this is for forcing your organization to deliver that value, to stay top of mind and to not be so like, to not use that kind of aggressive urgency so early in the process. Hey everyone, welcome back to the SaaS Revolution show brought to you by SaaStock the conference that helps SaaS companies get traction, growth, and scale. I'm your host, Alex Thuma, and I'll be looking at what it really takes to build and grow a SaaS company today, and how founders and entrepreneurs stay healthy on the journey. Now on with the show. So hi everyone, uh, welcome to uh, this fireside chat. So um, we're going to be Max and I are going to be talking about selling in the post-COVID world and what to expect next. Uh, my name is Will Brighting. I'm the head of sales for SaaStock. Um, Max probably needs no introduction, but he is the founder and CEO of Sales Hacker, the leading uh, publication for B two B salespeople. Um, in 2018, I reached the sales and engagement and automation platform actually acquired sales hacker um and installed max as their vp of marketing so really really good to have you max um and very excited to you know talk everything about you know sales and what's been going on in the world over the last three months and what you kind of see coming as well for outreach and kind of the, the rest of the SaaS world so how about you just tell us a bit about you know when you know for, take it take us back to the beginning of the quarter and you know how things have changed over this three three month period yeah definitely um it's been uh, uh definitely an exciting and wild and crazy and scary journey over the past three three and a half months and i think you know the initial phase was the the shock phase you know freeze everything pause everything and you saw the market you know take a pretty steep dive and that was uh, around mid-march and then you kind of got through that you know first phase that initial phase to the okay like Let's balance things out. Let's get things back to, to somewhat normal here. Let's see what, what, the, what this is going to look like. And uh, I think we're past that now. And now we're back into like, we, you know, what people call the new normal, although I, you know, I'm so sick of that term, but you're kind of now at the point where um, people are like, okay, I got to go back to business. We, we got to go back to selling. We got to go back to, to operating. Um, so, you know, what do we do from here? How do we operate from here? We're not buying stuff, you know, right now, but Hopefully other people are like, that's what we're seeing. I actually have a, a pretty interesting vantage point because I help, I, I, I probably spend 50% of my time helping our sales team, whether it's enablement or actually in strategic deal cycles. So seeing it as a seller, I'm a buyer as a VP of marketing who still has a budget, you know, that we, we are still buying. Um, and then I'm also getting a bird's eye view from the sales hacker role, which, you know, I, I get to work with a lot of people who are in sales day in and day out. So we're able to see kind of what companies are thriving, what companies are hurting and, and what companies are doing to, um, you know, fix, you know, their problems in, the, in, in this time. And one of those things that we've 
uh, preached and, and seen work really well is pivoting and, and iterating in a time like this is really important. Uh, so if you're in sales and you're selling to certain industries, well, some industries might be hurting and still hurting. Some industries might be thriving. And those businesses that are in those industries might be pivoting. And maybe that's you. We had a, a company that sold um, a application. They were called Solve Health. They sold applications, some kind of platform to uh, clinics. Now, clinic, if a clinic had somebody diagnosed with coronavirus, they had to shut down for two weeks. Less people were going to clinics because you didn't want to go to the, a clinic with like, you know, a cut on your finger or, you know, a broken pinky and then get coronavirus. So they were like, okay, our app isn't being used by these clinics. These clinics are going to go out of business if this continues. So they pivoted their app to a telehealth solution. And then they sold those to the clinics, which actually allowed the clinics to operate even if nobody was coming to their, their actual like storefront. So that was a big pivot for them. And all of a sudden they're back to thriving. Um, we've seen the same thing in, in a bunch of different uh, industries. I think Zoom Info had a um, key story in their, in their S1 when they went public uh, earlier this week or last week, I mean, all the weeks are merging together. Uh, yeah, week, yeah. yeah, but they were talking about how a company that was selling um, you know, I think they were selling tents, uh, and nobody was using tents or going to sporting events or, you know, going camping or anything like that. So they had this big pivot and then they started selling the tents for, um, testing centers or drive up testing centers for coronavirus. So now is the time to, to do a big pivot. And whether that means you have to pivot your product or pivot your persona that you sell to, um, one of the things that, you know, we looked at was what industries are thriving, what industries are hurting right now. And, you know, let's sell to the ones that are thriving and, and, you know, ease up and stay top of mind on the ones that are, that are hurting, obviously travel and, and restaurant industries, you know, there are areas of those that are hurting and then there are areas of those that are, that are doing well. If you look at the restaurant industry, um, open table re reservation booking, tough business right now. Nobody's booking reservations, but DoorDash, Uber Eats, Deliveroo, great. People are all getting, you know, takeout delivery. So you just have to really figure out, you know, what is, what is the big pivot or iteration that you're going to make right now in, in this time to hit your number this year, whether it's product led or, you know, it's, it's sales-based and that's, you know, your messaging and your, and your, you know, ideal, ideal customer profile. Yeah. I think it was, it was Roy O'Driscoll who, who said, uh, quoted earlier, he said, yeah, we're all experiencing the same storm, but we're not all in the same boat. And I think that, you know, for the SaaS community in particular, you know, there's, there's so many companies that are, that are struggling at the moment. And there's companies on the other side, like Zoom, which you've said, um, what would you say to companies experiencing a high level of churn at the moment? Like what's, what's one of the first things that they can do to maybe pivot their sales process or start thinking about things a little bit differently? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's the, that's, that's your low hanging fruit right now. Your low hanging fruit is, um, close the deals that are in your pipeline. So just get, just really focus on making sure your close rate is incredible. Obviously rejigging your ICP to go after, um, you know, the, the top potential customers that are still buying or thriving in this environment. Um, pivot your messaging to go from, you know, whatever it was to something that is, Hey, now's a good lull in business. Now's a good time to, you know, reinvest in efficiency and then batten down the hatches on your customers. So if you've, you know, if you've got a current customer base, 
there are going to be some that are churning and contracting. And um, I, I'll tell you what, like depending on the size of your business, you're going to do different things. If you have the means to be very flexible with your current customers and make sure that they feel, you know, they feel heard, they feel appreciated, their needs are met. Um, you know, if you need to, to, to give them more wiggle room in their contracts, it will come back twofold. Almost everybody I've spoken to that's been through these cycles has said, you know, that's their number one thing. The number one thing is that and keep hiring enterprise reps. Now, I'm not sure what position every, everybody's in, you know, that's in here. There's some really small companies that might not be able to do those types of things. Um, and in that case, it gets really tough and you really have to be there for your customers and, um, you know, provide a little bit extra of a, a white glove treatment or, um, you know, a little extra love and a little extra service because it, it's a tough time for everybody, but we've been able to, you know, work with our customers been really flexible with them. Um, I think there are things that you can do where, uh, you're doing, you know, credits or other things that allow you to recoup that money in subsequent years when things get back to normal, delayed payments, whatever it is. But if you are in a position to help, you should help. And, you know, unfortunately, in some cases that, that only applies to the, the bigger organizations. Yeah, of course. Are you, are like, what's your, you know, kind of thinking around cold calling? It seems well, all I'm seeing a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of talks at the moment discussing whether companies should even still be doing cold calling and, you know, what does a cold call even look like at the moment? And how would you even, you know, how would you articulate uh, empathy or express empathy, you know, during that as well? What are you guys coaching maybe at outreach or what are the things you're seeing on, you know, um, sales hacker? Yeah, I mean, you definitely got to lead, lead with empathy. I think we're kind of past the initial shock um, and cold calling is kind of, kind of back you know people are ex expecting it there are some states i know new york has a, a state of emergency declared right now which is which makes it illegal to cold call into new york so knowing the laws and, and obviously having you know your your gc or your legal internally or whatever firm you use um i don't make make sure you know what you're tracking so that you know that if you're calling into a certain place that you're not doing it illegally because right now it's a, it's illegal to cold call in new york new york state because they're under a state of emergency. So, you know, that's off limits. You have to figure out different channels for the places that you can cold call. You know, you have to, you have to do it with empathy. You don't know what the person on the other line is going through. Um, and you have to um, obviously, you know, come at it from an empathetic approach. Uh, understand if you caught them at a bad time or if now not the right time, but all the things that you need to do to stay top of mind. So, you know, is there a, a way that I could follow up with you to provide more info or more value or whatever it is, um, I think are going to be the things that win right now. And um, cold calling might not be the way people like to get sold to in this, in this environment. Everybody's at home. Everybody's in front of their computers. You know, people aren't commuting. So this time they spend, you know, sitting in this is actually less than, you know, normal. So maybe it's the time to, to get them with a personalized video direct to, you know, into their inbox or, you know, email or LinkedIn or things that they do while they're sitting in front of a screen because we're in front of our screens all day on Zooms now. So, you know, where somebody used to, used, might, might have used to be on their phone at that time. Now they're on, you know, video. Now they're in email. So you got to pivot with the, with the, the, the state of, you know, how people are, are living. I used to say like, this was, your best friend when you were calling on CEOs of like fortune 500 companies. 
because they were always living in their phones. But at this time, maybe not. Maybe they're not in their phones. Maybe they're in front of their computers. You know, who knows? Uh, it, it's all about, you know, iterating and A-B testing um, your channels and your, and your messaging right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, couldn't agree more. And on the, you know, showing more empathy or, you know, kind of being more empathetic, um, like, do you think that it's something that you can coach to, to your sales team? um empathy because like it's a big thing for for us at SaaS talk you know we 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 had no choice but to 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 you know to drive as much empathy into our messaging as possible because we're an events company you know who wants to be no not many companies want you know an events company reaching out to you at the moment when marketing budgets are being slashed so actually being empathetic with like an events person or event person who's their budget has just been slashed was something that we spend a long time going through as a team it, you know from your side you know, outreach, you've such a big ICP, um, with like, you know, kind of industry specific, uh, wise anyway. Um, how do you, yeah, do, are you guys coaching empathy? Is it something that is coachable? Um, what are you kind of seeing from, from the sales reps? Yeah. Um, empathy is more than just, you know, the first sentence of an email that says hope all is well, you know, it's, it, it's more than that. It's really understand, you know, it's, it's trying to understand, um, their situation. I actually think that, you know, the silver lining of the whole coronavirus, COVID-19, whatever you want to call it, um, is that it's pulling the world forward by about five or 10 years. And, you know, we were in this, we were still kind of fighting to get out of the era of, you know, aggressive, pushy, snake oil salesman type folks. Like that was previous generations. And the modern generation is more consultative. They come and they want to teach you something. And they want to stay top of mind and they want to deliver value, deliver value, de deliver value, and then be able to make their ask. So I think that more and more organizations, like this is for forcing your organization to deliver that value, to stay top of mind and to not be so like, to not use that kind of aggressive urgency so early in the process. Now there's still a time and a place for it. You know, you got the, the DocuSign out or, you know, it's end of quarter. I think you're, you've, if you've done your job well enough as a salesperson, you've earned the right to make that ask to get things done for you on time. Um, and I always think of, you know, if you're selling to somebody and they appreciate that, they'll do that for you. But I think now, now is the time to really drive that value, stay top of mind. We don't know when things gonna, are going to you know, come back and, and buying is going to come back, but it will. It will at some point, whether it's Q4 or Q1 or Q2 or even Q3 this year. But I, I think it's probably going to be Q4 or Q1, Q2 next year. Now that means your job is to stay top of mind, to provide as much value as you possibly can, and um, and you know to to see if you can make some kind of progress building a rapport while uh, while things are on hold. Not not to leave accounts alone. Uh, building a rapport. Um, how do you do that through video conferencing alone? Like it's one of these things, you know, we have before we had events, before we had the field, before we had, you know, face-to-face -face meetings, how do you build trust? Like, you know, with someone now over, over a video conference. Yeah, it's tough. I remember when uh, this first hit, I sent an email to my, uh, my leadership team and I was like, Hey, we're, we're going to have to figure out a couple things here. I mean, the, the two biggest things that are going to be affected is no field sales or marketing and um, on remote onboarding for reps. And those are like the two hardest things to, to overcome. So fortunately we have outreach. So we use that for, you know, uh, our remote onboarding, but still when you hire SDRs and they're remote, they're working from home and they've like never had a sales job before 
and you got to onboard these people and get them up and running, that's really hard. So that's the first thing that you got to fix. Second thing is how do you build trust and, and a rapport with somebody when you are um, not able to meet them face to face in field sales or, you know, field event capacities. And, you know, that's really hard. So, you know, one of the things we did was, okay, we got to, we got to go in through pre-built trust. We got to build um, the trust and the rapport through uh, other folks that already have it. So we set up this like big referral network with our customers, our partners, our VCs, our, you know, our board, um, everybody lined up our target accounts and just went down the list and said, okay, like who's connected to who, who could we go in through? And if you do that, you kind of come with like pre-built trust because you go in through somebody they already trust. So you're like leveraging their trust for the connection. And that, that's a way for you to get in and already have like somewhat of a, um, oh, I know you, oh, you came in through this person. I know this person very well. So you must be a good person. Right. So, uh, that, that has worked really well for us. And then, um, alternates to, to field events. I mean, we have not been, um, we have not done any field events, obviously, since the beginning of this thing, we had to cancel our, sure. our conference cause it was in April and we were one of the first to, to bring things virtual. We were doing a 3000 person in-person conference and moved that to a 13,000 person virtual event. Um, and, and so moving things to virtual events, that's all good. That's great for demand gen. It's great for brand, all that kind of stuff, you know, value content, but you don't have the same, like, you know, shaking hands, time with executives, that kind of stuff. And you're not doing the executive briefing centers anymore. Like the, uh, inviting 20 executives to a, you know, golden state warriors basketball game and sitting in a box. So we did, um, we hired a private executive chef and, uh, and had her do a zoom, um, like cooking class with 20 yeah. account, um, executives. And then five of our reps sat in on that and we sent everybody, you know, gift cards or the, you know, the groceries that they needed. And we did it at like 4 PM, uh, Pacific time. So people can cook with their families at home. And that was, um, that was one of those things that was like, oh, this is a great rapport builder, um, a great trust builder, something we all did together, something that we all did together while virtually. And, um, you know, I think those are the things you just have to be really creative with because you're not going to be able to get in person uh, for a very long time, I think. Yeah, 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 definitely. I've, I've, I've seen some companies doing like wine tasting and stuff with customers and this, these kind of, you know, outside of the box ideas, but I think they're really effective at actually building trust, you know, without you know, through this kind of new world that we're, that we're living in and um, yeah. this virtual world. Um, we've got a few minutes left. If there's any questions, please, please ask Max. Um, Max, do you have any tips around, you know, forecasting at the moment? Because like, I think, I think any sales leaders listening at the moment, me, me included, to be honest, um, you know, we started out the year with this target over our heads and then that target has just been completely, you know, turned upside down and, you know, demolished and, you know, it's like, do we, you know, just the, the kind of the potential to hit that target more so. What are your, you know, how do you forecast at the moment? Are there any kind of insight that you can give us around that? I don't think there's any good answer to this right now. I think it's very business dependent. Um, you could look at, you know, historics uh, as, as much as you want, but we're in a completely uncertain time. I think for ourselves, I mean, we have, uh, I'm a big fan of like MRO, like minimum realistic and outrageous. So having like an, you know, option A, option B and option C, and we're going to hit somewhere, you know, in between these things 
and you run your business based on those things. So if we hit C, we got to do layoffs. If we hit B, we pause hiring. If we hit A, A, everything's normal. Continue hiring at the rate that we're going, whatever else. And then you, you figure out what those numbers would be in order for you to have to do those things. Um, and then you, you, you look at your trajectory and the pipeline that you have um, and the inventory that you have, or you know, if you're doing sponsorships or whatnot. We look at your pipeline for the rest of the year and you say, okay, what number does it look like we're going to back into based on previous close rates um, or the direction that close rates are trending? It's really yeah. tough. Very business, um, business dependent. Uh, and it's, it's super tough to forecast right now. Who knows? I mean, is, is there going to be a stimulus and then Q3 is going to be, you know, back on? Is this thing going to last till Q3 next year? I mean, I hear a lot of people saying there's not going to be any in-person events again until next June. So, yeah, you know, the whole yeah. thing going to last till next June. I mean, or, or the 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 um, markets typically trail uh, like the actual um, economy by three to six months. So, is everything going to crash in Q4? I don't know. I mean, this yeah. is this is unprecedented, right? So. Of course, we do. We do have a question. Um, so, do you think there should be a uh, shift in the balance of marketing, sales, inbound versus outbound approach? Um, so, yes, I think something that we've we've looked at is like our channels have pretty much shifted largely from an outbound sales team. I've I've taken you know pretty much removed our SDRs, and we've gone largely inbound, and it's working quite effectively for us at the moment. Um, but yeah, any kind of thoughts around shifting between inbound versus outbound? Um, depends. I mean, if you got really good lead flow, then like cherry picking, like, like I said before, low hanging fruit is closing what you've got. Um, so if you've got lead flow, work on your close rates and just make sure you're closing what you have. Um, don't let any of that escape. Uh, I would still do a little bit of outbound to like your top target accounts, but if you got the, the lead flow, close what you got, close what you're seeing work on close rates. I mean, that is for us, if we see we have less pipeline, we know that we can get to our number. If we up our close rate, 8%, that's mm -hmm. what we got to do to up our close rate, 8%. How do we do that? What do we need to do? We go back into our number. If we do that, that's how we think about it. Very good. Um, look, last question. Um, what do you think, you know, for yourself, what's been the biggest learning? um through all of the last like three months you know through experiencing a pandemic um you know what's one of your biggest takeaways oh man um people are pretty resilient i think i mean 30 million people lost their jobs and i've seen and, and known a lot of them and uh you know i don't know a lot of people who are wallowing in it i i I know a lot of people who are seeing it as a, a good thing. They needed to take a break for a little bit. They needed to hit the pause button. They needed to spend more time with family. They needed to, like, they realized they needed to get out of the city and now they're finally making that move. Um, and then I've seen people who lost their jobs and got back on the horse and spent eight hours a day that they would have spent at that job looking for jobs. And they found a job very quickly. So I think the resilience of, of people in general and then just watching all the companies as they go through their like business continuity planning uh stuff and and like this uncertainty is crazy but um but people are figuring it out i mean you, you know i haven't seen businesses in tech go out of business yet 
from this. And like, maybe they got PPP or, you know, something else. So maybe that'll happen in, in a couple of months, but still, I mean, they're fighting, there are folks fighting out there. So I think that's pretty cool yeah. to see. Yeah. Very cool to see. Um, okay. On that note, uh, we have run out of time. So Max, thanks so much for, you know, for coming on and joining me on the panel. Really, really insightful. And I hope that everyone who was listening also got some value from it as well. So yeah, thanks. And uh, we'll catch up soon. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the SaaS Revolution Show. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you learned something from it, check out sasdoc.com forward slash events to find all the upcoming SaaS Doc conferences around the world.